so many things about race day are outside of your control. Like you can obsess over it, the weather, the humidity, the dew point, when the sun's gonna rise, whether the clouds are gonna come through, whether it's gonna rain or all these things, whether your stomach's gonna be growling, whether you have to go to the bathroom, like all these things. But at the end of the day, if you've trained for the race, like if you've put in the time, you've done all that you can do to get to that start line healthy and run the best race that you can. Hello, welcome to Chill Track Friday. This is Ali. Hi, this is Anne. Welcome back to another episode. To the chill, to the track, to the Fridays. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? Good. What'd you I do this morning? Some... Oh. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I just spent some time at the track this morning, this chilly morning. Track Tuesday, because we're recording on a Tuesday. Um, so what did you do? I did six 500s, and it was a really good example of um, trusting your coach. Because sometimes what something looks like on paper is very different when you actually go do it. So I saw the pace, and it was like 45 seconds through the 200. And I was like, oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like six-minute pace. But... The key was there was very little recovery. Um, mm-hmm. A sable's crying in the background because mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention. Did you notice that it just started? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, it was a good workout. I did. I I did well. Attention required by your dog. I know. I'm like, so she has the golf ball. <laughs> I wish that this was a. Um, video recording because the way she's sitting on the chaise lounge can you see her she's got her paws crossed hanging off the edge (laughs) (laughs) like a boss yeah totally like a boss she's definitely my boss so what's going on with your holiday plans oh Mm -hmm. well i will be coming i'm leaving the vineyard next tuesday picking up a huge chocolate cake on my way to the ferry and then driving to New York City on the 21st, and I'll be there until the 23rd, picking up my sister and her mm-hmm. foster dog. And we're trying to so get a recording in our professional studio um, we while are. you're here. So if we can get that scheduled, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And I thought maybe next week I'll push my Tuesday track workout to Wednesday and we could go to Riverbank. For old time's sake, maybe we can do a quick recording there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You can do live ones on Podbean. (laughs) Let's do it. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Before we get into the show, Mm -hmm. uh, just want to remind our listeners, um, if you like the content, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Friday, or or on our Instagram bio, you'll find the link. Um, You can support the podcast by being a member on, you know, being a patron. That's that's what it's called, being a patron. Um, also, leave us a you know, <laughs> leave us a rating or review on wherever you know wherever you choose to listen listen your podcasts. Um, that would really help us get the word out. Thank you. And I know a couple of years ago we promised some mugs, and then things got a little sidelined. But they're definitely happening. The question has been 
put forth to us a few times. <laughs> yeah, the, our, guys, our supply chain issues started way before the pandemic. <laughs> self nice one supply chain issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was more like um decision fatigue there were I like know, decision... so many <laughs> so yeah. many options yeah decision fatigue <laughs> uh, analysis paralysis whatever you want to call it uh we <laughs> i've you... never heard that one before i love it yeah yeah um we were like wait should we also do hoodies and you're like oh my god <laughs> only you know bite off what you can chew relax can we stick to the mugs but these hoodies are awesome what about t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> well actually it's really perfect that we're having this conversation right as we're about to introduce our guest because our guest mm -hmm. started a running club in new jersey called soma fox running club and she got her swag and gear like instantly and i was like where did you get that awesome stuff <laughs> so she's miles ahead of us mm -hmm. so on that note, let's do our um, our main intro. Yeah. Who is our guest today? Well, Ali, <laughs> we have a really close, she's a close friend and a really amazing runner who we've known since 2018. Uh, we have Stephanie Xiao. She has a PhD and a master's of public health and epidemiology from Columbia University and a BA in public health studies from Johns Hopkins. Uh, after graduate school, she completed her postdoctoral research fellowship at the Gertrude oh, <laughs> Sergievsky Center at Columbia University. Dr. Xiao is currently a scholar in the UCSD Sustained Training in Aging and HIV Research Program, and she holds a certif certified in public health credential, that's CPH. Um, she sounds a lot like our dear friend, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> and uh, don't worry guys the episode is about running the epidemiology episode is we haven't recorded that yet that's you know, yeah at a actually time. we didn't ask her any questions about epidemiology it's all about running because she has so much to offer and so much to say and such an exciting story yeah i i love her journey her outlook i'm not gonna say much because there's so much in the episode so we'll let stephanie tell all of that to you hope you enjoy the show like, yeah you have fancy like mics I know, I know. We don't, we don't mess around, Steph. I know. That's, that's like a serious mic. It's like a glow yeah, light. Like, yeah, like the size of my face. Um, well, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you because this has been a long time coming. So thank you. It's great to be here. So I have a question. I usually, you know, when we have a guest on, I usually, my instinct that Chill Track Friday is always about the journey and sort of people, how, you know, where they are. So I have this instinctual question where I, I just take everyone back to like, hey, where did everything start with you? Like go all the way back. But I don't want to do that here because I have something that I observed with you that happened over last year. I want you to actually start there, which was the founding of a club. Um, and I'm, I'm not even going to say the name because I want you to introduce what that is, how that came about, what it means to you. So the floor is yours. Start there. Okay. So I am going to go back a little bit because I think this club that we started here in South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey called Soma Fox Running Club, 
I think that the club might have originated before I moved to New Jersey. And it had a lot to do. I was leaving the city. It was August 2019, I guess, so two years ago. And I was training for the New York City Marathon in November 2019. And one of the things I was most anxious about when I was leaving the city and moving to the suburbs was not having anyone to run with. And so the first thing I did when I knew we were moving, I Googled running clubs in New Jersey near where I was moving to. Um, Didn't find too much. There was one club that existed but wasn't really active. And then there were a few more active clubs, but they weren't really close to me. Um, So that was one thing that happened. Um, And then when I moved to New Jersey, I did find this one Facebook group after doing a lot of Facebook searching using, you know, keywords like running group, training for marathon, track workout. Um, I did stumble upon this woman's uh, Facebook group locally um, called Will Run for Coffee. And through this Facebook group, um, I, in my first week of moving to New Jersey, ran with people that I did not know um, who were also training for the New York City Marathon. And I thought that was just a really cool thing, right? Mm -hmm. To move to some new place and stumble upon some runners and be able to, you know, jump right in and share some miles together. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. It's all tracked on Strava. So I know exactly what day I met various people for the first time. Um, So that was, you know, I think part of the original story of this running club, because a lot of people leave New York City or leave cities, move to the suburbs. And one thing that you think you might miss is running groups. And in the city, there's tons of active running groups meeting multiple nights per week in every single location you could find, right? Any part of any borough, you could find a running group probably walking or at least jogging distance near you. Um, And so I was nervous when I moved to the suburbs that that wouldn't be available to me. Um, So that was one thing. So (laughs) I was really missing group training in the city and having a regular speed workout. So Mm -hmm. I had messaged some of the women that I had met who are now some of my closest running friends Um, And I messaged a few of them and asked if anyone would be interested in doing a weekly track workout. Um, And I think originally it was on Tuesday, but now it's Wednesday workout. It's every single Wednesday. Um, But we started up, I guess, probably September 2019, doing track workouts um, at our local track and field, the high school track and field. Um, (laughs) People were still commuting to the city because it was September 2019. So... Mm-hmm. We met at 5.30 a.m. It was dark. It was hard to get out there, but we all, you know, rallied and, and went um, since a lot of people had to catch trains at 6.45, 7 a.m. So 5.30 was really the time that worked. Um, but I remember meeting, meeting people in the dark. It was a small group of us, I think three or four of us um, training for New York. And we met every week and we did track workouts. Um, and that was awesome. And New York came around and, you know, we had started to do long runs together. Um, There were various groups of mostly women um, running together. Um, 
at different pace groups, uh, training for New York and training for other races. And then, and then 2020 came around, um, I guess March, 2020, which we all know COVID pandemic started and you all know people stopped running together, right? Everyone, some people just stopped running altogether, uh, completely. And we, you know, I think everyone was still craving some sort of group activity, but we weren't really allowed to do that. Um, so people would, you know, run alone, run with masks. You would kind of see people on Strava where they were going and you'd be like, oh, I, I think I passed you the other day while I was running down this street. Um, and so things kind of like fizzled out. We didn't have our weekly workouts. Um, but at a certain point, I think in maybe early summer, you know, when I, I think we were getting a better sense of where the pandemic was at um, and realizing we could gather outside with masks on and in a safe way with distance, um, we restarted the weekly track workouts again. Um, and it was amazing because at that point we were, we had all been really isolated for a long time. And it was just nice to see people outside from six to 12 feet away with our masks on, on the track, right? Mm -hmm. And we would do track workouts and we were really strict about spacing out. Um, and it was, but it was really nice. It was great to see people. You could probably look back on for pictures and we were all distanced with our max masks on taking selfies on the track. Mm -hmm. um, but in a way it was, people were just craving community. We were craving gathering again. Um, and a lot of times we think running is a solo sport, but you both know it's great to run with people. Running is a lot about running with other people and hearing about other people's stories and, you know, being a part of a running community is a totally different experience than running solo. Um, so we started that up again. Um, and then we, <laughs> me and two other women, two of my really good friends, um, Dana and Gina, we had signed up for Berlin Marathon in the lottery, the group lottery, where mm -hmm. you do it in a group of three. Mm -hmm. um, and when we signed up for this marathon, we had uh, called our team name. It had to do, so I'm sitting right now, I should describe, I'm sitting right now in um, my yoga studio, which is one of our extra bedrooms. I call it my yoga studio, but it's in the house that we moved in and there's uh, foxes on the wallpaper. So there was a running joke that Steph had her fox yoga studio. So I uh, named our Berlin team the Jersey Foxes when we went in for the lottery. And we got drawn. So we were supposed to run uh, Berlin 2020, which obviously did not happen. Uh, so that was one piece of it. Um, and locally, um, the co-founder of our running club, Jessica, she has been organizing this event called 10 Days of 10Ks. Um, and it raises money for MEND, which is a local uh, food pantry network. And it's exactly what you think it sounds like. <laughs> Every July, you run 10 days of 10Ks. I mean, you can do 5K, you can run one day, you can run 10 days, some people do all 10. But the idea is that you, you run and uh, donate money to this organization, um, to MEND. And she had organized it that July, summer 2020, and it was 
it was virtual, obviously. Um, folks could run the route whenever it worked for them. Um, but she was amazing at organizing this event. And it had been several years of organizing this event. Um, and I think last, I think in 2020, they raised um, over $20,000 wow. um, for men, which was awesome. And so her and another woman, Allison, had organized in the fall because no one was able to run marathons. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they organized a local virtual marathon route, um, and they actually called it the Soma Fox Chase. Um, I think it was originally supposed to be named something else, but mm -hmm. there was this Fox logo that a lo local artist had drawn, Shauna Kagan. She drew this really cute fox, and she had put a mask on the fox. Um, so it was like a little masked fox logo. And they really wanted to use it for the Soma fox chase because they thought it was the cutest little fox. And she even put some sneakers on it, so it was a little running fox. Um, and so they ended up calling it the Soma fox chase. And so Soma uh, stands for South Orange Maplewood. Um, is where that name comes from. Mm -hmm. So there was this virtual marathon and it was great. A lot of people participated. Some people did a 10K, some people did a half, some people did the full marathon and that was locally and it was open to any runner that really wanted to do it. Um, the other piece, this is a long-winded story. The other piece is that I decided during the pandemic that I really wanted to get my coaching certification since I had been organizing these weekly track workouts and you two are two of my coaches from back in the city. And I had always wanted to do the certification and it just seemed like a really good time to do it. So I also got that in the summer of 2020. Um, and basically after the, after the whole marathon, the virtual marathon happened, Jess and I went on a walk together and we, I think we both individually had been thinking about it, but we decided to meet and actually talk to see if we could make it a reality. Um, and so we decided that we would start a running club because we felt as though there was a need for it. Um, we wanted something a little bit more formal um, where member, there was a membership and we had insurance. Um, so we did it through RCA um, and we wanted it to be a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in that moment, I think she said, all right, so we're doing this. We're going to have a running club. And I said, yes, on one condition, it has to be called the Soma Fox running club. <laughs> um, and you can see there were all these little things that kind of led up to that moment, but that's why we named it that. And so we, over the winter holidays, um, started putting the paperwork in. Um, and then I think we started up January, mid-January 2021. Um, and now we have 230 members in October 2021, which has been wow. really incredible. Um, we have three weekly runs. Um, and it's it's one of those things they they write in the Runners, Runners World magazine um, on starting a running club. Like you just have to pick a schedule and stick to it. And in the beginning, you won't have anyone there but you just have to, you know, keep going. So honestly, in the beginning, January, 2021, there were like four of us at a run, but then four turned into five. The next week there were 10. And then, you know, it just kept growing and word was spreading and it was still in the middle of the pandemic and it was a safe activity. We were pretty strict about 
coming with masks and spacing out um, and people felt comfortable um, gathering as a group in that way with these parameters outdoors. Um, and it was honestly, I think we were all craving community. And so that's the story. Craving community. I think you gave us, gave us the title of the episode. That's amazing. Um, what's interesting to me is some of the early so i i've been obviously like we've been friends on social media and here's the beauty of social media i've you know it's so great for you to put this story behind this because i have a visual progression of what's happened and i know the fox with the sneakers and the masks was like the first instagram post i think uh is how you introduced the club and i was like that's that's pretty cool like i wonder what the story behind that is so thanks for even sharing that where the branding came from because i really love the branding of the club in in and of itself it's just so there's so much welcoming mm -hmm. about it just the way it's designed and how it's presented um and i remember your earlier track workouts they weren't even just like you guys were doing like strength training on the track it was like a mixture of things that was like so awesome to see it felt it felt more holistic at least from where like we were sitting to say like it's okay this is like not just running right like it's kind of looking at strength and then like building on top of that and then running is part of it um and i'm assuming like i'm assuming our right, that perception you're nodding so i'm thinking like that that's correct yeah right? we like, um i mean i love a good themed workout so we have a great <laughs> pride workout where you know, there's moves, you know, it's a theme of five and you have to do five of each strength move mm -hmm. and run. And, you know, we try to keep it fun. Mm -hmm. Right now we're a little, we're doing more straight up running since a lot of people are training for marathons. But I think in the off season, yeah. we'll probably go back to some of the, you know, mixed strength workouts. Well, that is just such a great formula. It's like a formula for success. Like, yes, right now all these majors are falling within a very short period of time. So, yes, everyone's focused on running going to off season you should do all of these other things that introduce an element of fun and make it focus on like a very holistic approach so then when you do have your running taking over a little bit you're you know you're not going to be injury prone and it's going to be it's going to be good listening to the tide of the way things moved the way that you started it out because at the beginning there were no races on the calendar so what a great way to get people to come together and start out with just the community and the fun and then people start to focus when things became more clear as you had mentioned yeah I wanted to add that um we have runners of all different levels and all different experiences um and it's been really fun to I think think about how to conduct workouts that really work for people of all different levels so we've been doing a ton of timed workouts Mm -hmm. um, on a whistle, which has worked quite well um, since we're, we're not focused on distance, we're not focused on pace, we're just focused on effort and how long you're running for that effort. Um, and that really allows, you know, all types of runners to be able to do the same workout, which is something I really, really want. Um, and I think myself and Jessica and our, we have a board um, on our nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, part of our mission is to really make running accessible and inclusive. Um, and we're still working on that. You know, I, I, we want to be more representative of the communities that we are in um, and we're growing and, but we, we can still do better, but we really want to try and make it accessible. So that's, that was one of our 
main goals of the running club. It's part of it is the the testament that within the amount of time you've existed, you've gone from those four people that showed up, uh, three to four people in the first workout to like you have a two hundred and thirty two hundred plus membership now, right? So that says everything in about your mission and sticking to it. Um, and yeah, you're right. That's a, that's a tough mission, right? Like you really have to work towards that and. Um, you have to make sure there's representation on the top so that people, you know, there's just so much that goes into, into that. So I really, really commend you for like working, working towards that mission. Do you have something like, this is the first time you probably first time you started a running club, right? Or went on an endeavor like that. Is there anything that surprised you along the way? Like really you were like, oh, wow. Honestly, we weren't sure if we would get members. (laughs) Um, and this goes back to what I said about having a regular schedule. We picked a regular schedule. We just, you know, kind of said, all right, we do the Wednesday workouts. That one always works every Wednesday. We know we have a core group of people that have already come to that. Um, so Wednesday was there. And then we really wanted, um, kind of a long run option, Mm -hmm. but with various options. So on Sundays, Um, In Milburn, which is one of the adjacent towns, we have a lot of members from Milburn as well. Um, There's this uh, road uh, called Brookside Drive, and it goes through South Mountain Reservation. It's a paved road, and they actually close it down every single Sunday. Um, And so a lot of runners um, run it, although it's this giant hill, huge hill, um, straight up um, and back. But there's options to do four, eight, 12, or more miles on Sunday. So we really wanted a long run option. Um, So Sunday, 8 a.m. And then Fridays, we kind of wanted a fun run. We wanted something a little bit more social. Uh, So we call it the Friday social run. So we kind of picked like a track workout, a fun run, and then, you know, a long run. And we put them on the calendar and we said, this is what we're going to try out and see how we do. Um, Because we really weren't sure what types of people would come. Um, and yeah, so at the beginning we would have a handful of people, um, at least one of either Jess or I, or one of our board members were at every single run, just so someone had introductions. We actually do an icebreaker circle, um, on the Friday and Sunday run, which we originally were, um, we weren't sure how long we were going to keep that, but we have still been doing icebreaker questions. Um, so, you know savory or sweet? What's your favorite food that you eat during a run? Um, candy corn, yes or no? That was the latest, latest debate. Apparently, most people are a, are a no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can you, uh, yeah, can, can you put me in touch with the yeses for that? So that would be very interesting. I mean, I'll be honest, I will, I will eat candy corn in October. <laughs> uh, so we do an icebreaker, but part of the icebreaker circle is that everyone says their name first before they answer the icebreaker question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way of everyone, you know, meeting each other and really learning names. Because I think often you come to these group runs and you run with the same people because you run with the people of the same pace as you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, naturally groups form up, but we really wanted, we wanted people to meet each other of all different paces and levels. Um, so that was part of it. Um, and at the beginning, it was a little silly because it was the same same few people coming to the runs, but we, you know, went through the motion of uh, saying our name and answering the question. But then it grew, right? 
there would be a run where we had one new person and that was really exciting. And we would, mm-hmm. you know, try to welcome that person to the run. And then we had another person that would come um, and word kind of spread. So I think the thing that surprised me is that we were able to grow in a way that I, I didn't expect or anticipate. Or I, wasn't, I guess I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of going into this blindly. I mean, none of us have started a running club before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see. And now at, at this stage, there's a lot of friendships that have been formed. Um, you know, throughout the club and across, I think, age ranges, across levels of running, across, you know, backgrounds. It's been cool to see. Uh, One thing that I love hearing is that you have, I mean, I think your schedule of runs is wonderful. While you were talking, I was thinking about different running groups that I've contemplated going to. And most neglect the fun run. It's usually, and then it conflicts with my own schedule. So, and obviously as Chill Track Friders, Fridayers, <laughs> the fun run on a Friday, we we definitely give the stamp of approval. But that's such a great idea. You know, jokes aside, it's a great idea because that's really, I would think, a, a wonderful opportunity for those icebreakers and for people to kind of mix and match, um, for lack of a better term and, and not be so focused on the workout and just have that fun. Cause even a long run can be, you know, really quite serious. Um, so well done. I think that that probably, I think your schedule would definitely influence the numbers coming to you and also the, just the spirit and the enthusiasm that you have. Um, I am going to circle back to my fan club comments because (laughs) I'm a total fan and I've just had such a wonderful time watching you grow on social media. And just, you know, as Ellie mentioned, we got to see it happening like kind of in real time, Um, not in person because of the pandemic, but just to see, I mean, how many times I texted Ellie, like, did you see what Steph's doing? It's so awesome. So, and we were like talking about your logo for a really long time. (laughs) We love our Fox. (laughs) Yeah. Is your friend who did the fox, is she an artist? Or- she's, a, she's an artist, yeah. So if you visit uh, Maplewood in the train station, like in the underpass where you like pass through the two directions of the train, there's um, this one wall that you can find the fox on, the original <laughs> fox before it had sneakers um, with some of her other artwork. Do, do you know the origin story of that fox? Was there a fox in Maplewood? So there are a lot of foxes in New Jersey mm-hmm. and we did have our first um, annual party. We're calling it annual party because we don't know. Some, some years it might be a gala, some years it might be a barbecue, but it's always a part mm-hmm. of party. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the awards is for the person who finds and takes the p- most pictures of foxes um, around town. So you often see foxes wandering in this area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow fun. okay no that i mean that brings it together like in a real <laughs> tangible way it's not it's not like a one-time sighting that happened You're like no we yeah. guys we are the soma fox you know this is it like you will see it you'll see the foxes around here that's pretty awesome i didn't i did not know that um that's that's pretty cool what is your north star what what is soma fox run clubs like north star or mission like where do you want to take it where do we want to take it? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So other than the regular runs and bringing people together for the community, 
we also do, we would like to host some races um, mm-hmm. to, you know, broaden the community that can access running with us. Um, and we, we did one race in April this past year um, called the One Hour Fox. Um, mm-hmm. We decided to change it up. Instead of having a distance, it was how far can you run in an hour. Um, and that was a really fun event. Uh, but I think, I think we would like to have more events. Um, and we always donate um, a portion of our profits back to MEND, which is the organization that 10 Days of 10Ks uh, uh, donates to as well or is raising money for. Um, and MEND is our, uh, our charity partner. We chose that together mm-hmm. as, as the board um, to have one partner that we really focus on giving to. Um, and that's really part of our mission is to be able to give back to the community, both in running and, as well as through this uh, charity organization. That's so beautiful. Um, I was, by the way, supposed to run that one hour run. I was registered for it and I really missed out. I had I actually had a family thing to go down to Philadelphia that weekend. So I could I had to leave that Friday and I was like, oh, this one hour thing, I really want to do it. But yeah, anyway. Well, hopefully we do another event or you yeah. guys are always welcome to come on any to any run. Oh, we're definitely Thank coming. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you write all the workouts? Do you share them? I do write the workouts. Um, right now they're like, obviously, it's a little complicated because we have people training for all different types of marathons. So I'm, I have to like stagger things um, and sometimes assign people different things to do depending on the week. Um, but I do write all the workouts. So Jess, the, she's the executive director of the club. And she also got her um, race director certification through RRCA. So it's kind of a nice, uh, a nice thing to have for her. She writes a weekly email. And Jess, instead of putting the actual workout in the weekly email, she puts a teaser in there um, or something funny or snarky. L- l- lately, it's been that we have to stay really quiet because we run through a lot of suburban neighborhoods and we're very chatty. We're very chatty foxes. <laughs> so lately we're trying not to get in any trouble mm-hmm. um, with our neighbors. We're trying to respect their space. Um, and we also need, because it's also very dark in the suburbs, we also need a lot of lights. Um, so Jess is always telling everyone to uh, dress like a disco ball in her weekly email. <laughs> I didn't realize. And when I moved to New Jersey, my first few runs here, when it started turning into, you know, October, November, I was like, it's so dark. I can't see anything. So I have to carry a handheld flashlight too, in addition to wearing my Knox gear. Um, and I was actually back in New York this past Monday night for the first time since 2019 running in Central Park. And I was like, I can see. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. I'm in the wilderness too, and I'm like, oh wow, it's, it's so dark. Pitch black. <laughs> Do you have a headlamp that you wear? Yeah, although I really like the handheld flashlight. After um, doing Ragnar and Night, the handheld flashlight really like helps. You can actually move it around. Before we move on to your personal story, where can listeners learn more about the Soma Fox Running Club? and all things related to that all things soma fox <laughs> you can follow us on instagram at soma fox running club 
And you can also go to our website, which is www.somafoxrunningclub.org. Or you can just Google us and we should be the first hit. Yeah. Um, there's some, are, are the mugs available for purchase? The mugs are available for purchase. Yeah, I mean. Although we'll... we can't ship. Unfortunately, our nonprofit, our nonprofit does not really have finances for shipping. But if you're ever okay. here, you can pick one up. <laughs> All right. So now, before we move on, we I have a few questions about the mug. <laughs> I've been trying to get Chill Track Friday mugs for how many years now? So, um, but it was really funny because when I first wanted to order them, it was like you had to order them in the quantity of like 80. <laughs> and I was in a studio apartment in New York and I'm like, where am I going to put these mugs? <laughs> So how many did you have to buy on your first order? So I think it? we bought them for the one hour Fox. So it was like 200. Okay. Unfor <laughs> unfortunately. I saw you laugh when I brought up the quantity. <laughs> unfortunately, we I think we did buy 200 mugs. There's yeah, the well, trick. We have to do it uh, with an event. Like yeah. coordinated with an event. With an event. And yes. Then you yes. know you'll actually. Yeah. yeah. Then you'll offload. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you do your live, you know, your next live session. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, and we are true to our word. We have pro every guest gets a mug. We just have to order the mug. <laughs> so you'll be yep. getting one in like a decade. <laughs> I'll be waiting for my mug. <laughs> yeah. So about you, where does your story begin with running? All right. My running story. I moved to New York in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I was not a runner. I would from, never have. Where did you move? Where did you uh, move where from? Did I move from? Baltimore. Okay. Um, if you had asked me then if I would become a runner, I probably would have said you were crazy. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I moved to New York 2010. And I was playing volleyball. I was a volleyball player. And I, I think I joined some leagues in New York, but they were really expensive. Like you had to pay a lot for very little time because not only are you paying for time, you're paying for time on a court with other people. So you might touch, touch the ball, let's say like a few times in the hour mm -hmm. that you're playing in a game. And so I was in grad school and decided I probably didn't really have the money to spend on volleyball um so I was like all right I think I'll try running I see a lot of people running in New York maybe I should run too so I think I I, I don't know why I signed up for a half marathon don't ask me why I signed up I, mm -hmm. if you if I had been coaching myself back then I'd be like why did you sign up for a half marathon yeah anyway. why not a marathon <laughs> yeah <laughs> why not a 5k <laughs> start a little smaller mm -hmm. so I um I signed up for the rock and roll Philly mm -hmm. half marathon um in 2011 September 2011 um and my husband my boyfriend at the time he was living in Philly so I was taking the bolt bus mm -hmm. back and forth to Philly like every two weeks or something mm -hmm. I'm never I can never be on a bus again after after all those years um and so I ran that half marathon. I think it was really hard and not great. I don't think I trained properly. I probably printed something off of the internet and maybe half followed it. I don't think I really 
really trained for it. Um, yeah, but I finished. I finished. I think it was like a 2.36 or something. Finished the half marathon. Um, and then I guess some time went by. I probably ran a few other races still with, I ran by myself. I didn't properly train. I was just kind of running to do something active, um, was not part of any running community, was just by myself. Um, and I ran a bunch of races and then at some point, I guess, and I was trying to think about this before I was coming to talk to you both. At some point I decided I was going to do nine plus one. I don't know. Maybe I got some New York Roadrunners email and it said, do nine plus one. And I think I've been running some races and I said, all right, I guess I'll do this and then I can try and run a marathon next year. And that was a uh, 2016. I started doing nine plus one and I had also entered the lottery, um, for the marathon and I got drawn in March, 2016, I got drawn for the marathon. So I was in the middle of nine plus one, got drawn for the marathon. And I guess I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing the marathon this November. Um, but it ended up being okay because the nine plus one ended up being some, some training there was actually, you know, some races that I was doing in preparation. I did follow a training plan. I definitely didn't stick to it very well. Um, but I finished my first marathon, which was amazing in New York. I highly recommend New York for a first marathon. And I finished it in 436, I believe. Um, and then the following year, because I had done nine plus one, I was scheduled to run New York City again in 2017. And I decided maybe I should train a little more properly. <laughs> That's really what I said to myself. And so I signed up for New York Roadrunners group training. Um, and that might have been about the time I met both of you, maybe in that year, 2017. Um, and I, I don't know, I had never, I had never thought of running as a group activity. I, I was a swimmer as a kid and swimming, swimming is an individual sport. And then it's maybe a group activity when you're out of the pool, but while you're working out, it is not a group activity because you obviously can't talk to each other. And so this idea of running being a group activity was completely foreign to me. Um, so I think I showed up at group training. I was totally intimidated because I had no idea what I was getting myself into at all. Um, and I don't know, we probably did 400s that first day. Sounds, sounds about right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like going fast is kind of fun. I don't really know what I'm doing, but it's kind of fun. And there's cool people here and everyone was really nice and everyone loves to talk about running and you know, people were training for New York. So you had something in common, right? You had something in common with every single person that was there. They liked to run and they were training for something. Um, so even though they were all strangers, you quickly had, you know, were able to talk to them and keep up, keep up a conversation. Um, and I think through group training, I discovered that there was this thing called talking while running, <laughs> um, which I had never really thought about before or conversational pace. What is that? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, grew to love the group aspect of it. 
Um, and it made a huge difference in my training. I, I did a tempo workout and a speed workout, and that was brand new to me. Um, and I ended up breaking four hours that November. I think it was like 359.37. I really, you know, cut it in there. It was it's very stressful the last mile. <laughs> um, but oh, that's so awesome. yeah, it was, I have, I always say that one was my best race ever out of all the races I've done because it was like, I think I ran a two hour half and then a 159 second half. And it was just, you know, a beautiful race when I look back yeah. on it. And I don't think I've done that since. <laughs> um, but group training really changed it for me, like running with other people, being motivated by other people, talking to other people. Um, that was big. So that was 2017. Yeah. And then the next year, I think, was the first year I would say I more seriously trained for a marathon. Um, I did all my long runs properly. I think I did like a much more stringent schedule where I stuck to stuck to the schedule, really did quality workouts, um, really got my long runs, really got my recovery in. Um, and a lot of that I did with people and I signed up for group runs to do that. Um, New York Flyers does, you know, a lot of training runs in the city. So I signed up for a lot of those for, mm -hmm. um, for my marathon. Um, and I chose, um, instead of a big marathon, I actually chose a teeny marathon, um, Lehigh Valley mm -hmm. via marathon um, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I chose that. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but I decided to go, you know, the opposite end of New York. And I did not think I would love a small marathon, but I love, I love a small marathon. I love rolling up to the start five minutes before it starts, you know, being, you know, just being able to go. Um, and there's I ended up beautiful, talking. Yeah. There's Sorry? some beautiful scenery on that, in that yeah. valley. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really beautiful. Um, and I ended up talking to more people during the small marathon than I have ever talked to anyone in a big marathon. Um, which is also cool because you end up, you know, next to one or two or three other people and you're kind of all going the same pace and you just end up chatting. Um, that was a, that was a great race. And that was my PR race. That was a 336. So I knocked off a full hour from my first marathon and I was really proud of that. First, I just want to comment. We have a very similar story, so it's like really nice to get to know you a little bit more. And I remember your Lehigh Valley race. That was when you were training in the Bronx, right? Yes. With group training, yeah. And I remember when you came back after that race, and it was just – that's one of the best things about being a coach is when someone comes back from their race. Whether or not it's good or bad, it's still like this whole experience has just happened after so much preparation. And you know, hearing you talk about how you – adhered to a stricter schedule this time around. And just like we get into things that we put out. And I think um, this is leading to a question. Um, you know, we put so much time, especially into marathon training months, and then this day comes and anything can happen and it can go either way. And um, so knowing that as, you know, in your journey as a runner, but also being a coach, what how do you like what sort of things do you impart to your athletes in terms of like the spirit of racing or training and and kind of maybe getting over a bad race or accepting and really 
taking pride in in either outcome, really. Yeah, that's a really good question. So I have a lot of uh, first-time marathoners training right now, and it's been so cool to watch their journey, especially because they are way more prepared than I was <laughs> for my um, first marathon. And I think, I think the one thing we've been focusing on is really keeping the easy days easy and making the hard days a good effort um, and emphasizing the importance of recovery. And I think when you think about race day, so many things about race day are outside of your control, right? Like you can obsess over it, the weather, um, the humidity, the dew point, when the sun's going to rise, whether the clouds are going to come through, whether it's going to rain or, you know, all these things, whether your stomach's going to be growling, whether you have to go to the bathroom, like all these things. But at the end of the day, if you've trained for the race, like if you've put in the time, you've done all that you can do to get to that start line healthy and run the best race that you can. So it's really, I think about, enjoying the day and trying to be in the moment as much as possible because it passes so fast and then you're like trying to remember what happened and it's really important to like soak that in while you're running the race um and it's funny because I my best my marathon this year I ran a marathon in May this year it was my first spring marathon um, I ran Jim Thorpe Marathon in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Very similar to the Lehigh Valley course. Um, and I was training pretty hard this past year. I was going for 3.30 was my goal. Um, and there was a heat wave. <laughs> May 23rd, I think. Yeah, it was like that one week, the first week where it shot up to like 80, 85 um, on the day of my race. And I had been training through the winter. Mm -hmm. So zero heat acclimation. I had no heat acclimation. I, I think I went running that week once at noon just to like feel what 75 degrees felt like because my body didn't have any idea. Um, mm. And... I was the only one running this race, but I, I was like checking the weather. I was like, okay, well, there's nothing I could do. And there were these other women on Instagram who were also running it. Um, some really incredible women who are running this race. And everyone on Instagram was like, well, I guess it is what it is. It's out of, it's out of our hands. We can't do anything about it. Um, and one of my teammates, one of my boxes, Chris, he told me, he's like, you are the heat on race day. That's what he told me. <laughs> Don't let the heat get to you. You are the heat. You are the fire on race day. That was my mantra. Um, and I, I actually never wrote a race recap about this race because I think I'm still processing it um, to this day now because in the moment it was just, it was so hot and I like didn't know what my body was going to do. And I was really trying to like take my advice that I just gave and like enjoy the race and like be in the moment. Um, 
And the one thing I did differently this race is I actually, I dedicated every single mile to an Asian American woman. Um, this was pretty close to after the attacks mm-hmm. um, in Georgia. So I had decided I was going to donate money to AAPI Women Lead and dedicate every single mile, uh, which is something I highly recommend if you need something to focus on and really channel and think through during a, a marathon. Um, and so I was trying to just focus on the person that I was donating or I was dedicating each mile to and not on the heat and really channel that. And that was, that really helped me, I think, like lock in during that race, which was cool. Um, I did not break 330, but I ended up at 337 and I was super proud of that considering it was like 85 degrees and 96% humidity. Um, and it was a battle through the finish line, but I did it. And like the next day I was messaging with one of the women's women on Instagram who, who ran it, um, Natalie. And I think she said something like, I think the world just like wanted us to know how tough we are and how we can do hard things. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, I love that. And that was my main takeaway from that marathon. That's great. I love that we can do hard things. My coach yeah. says that to me and it's, it's empowering. Totally. Cause sometimes I think it's easy to forget that how hard the training is and we think it's the marathon that's hard, but I mean, marathons are hard, but it's easy to forget <laughs> that you've done four months worth of really hard, hard things. Yeah. And even after hard workouts. Yeah. Just for the sake of geeking out, have you put that number through the heat and humidity modifier <laughs> to get what your ideal day <laughs> run time would have been? No, I did not. Uh, but maybe okay. you need to do that for me. I'll do that. <laughs> you ran a 337. Okay. Yeah. I'll, okay. We can look G- up the exact weather that day too. That day in Jim Thorpe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> School. Uh, just a quick, small connection. I'll pass it over to Anne has a question. Um, I have hiked multiple times in both Lehigh and Jim Thorpe, so I'm very familiar with the trails there. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a cool trail. It was like gravel, which was the other piece. Actually, both of oh. them were kind of like crushed gravel. Hmm. We have so, a gravel calculator, too. Yeah, we need to put it through how many <laughs> how much Seriously. time gets lost on a slow surface. <laughs> it was downhill, but it was it was a slow surface. Oh, maybe that like balance. Okay, so the cancels is that. Okay, never yeah. mind. We'll, we'll just, we'll go back to the heat. Yeah. Um, do you have another, are you signed up for another marathon? I am not. I am, um, I'm cheering for New York. I'm cheering in Philly. I'm signed up for the Philly half. So I'm running the half, but my main goal in Philly, I think, is to cheer for a lot of my teammates who are running the full. And I will be wearing a Fox onesie on both days, <laughs> likely. I love the uniqueness of every person's journey. And then at the same time, there are these pillars of similarities along the way, right? And that's what makes it so interesting. Like we are kind of interwoven together, but we all have our own uniqueness and how we experience it, what the takeaways are, what we focus on. So you, you've gone through like from the time you moved here from Baltimore. Speaking of, by the way, when you were talking about like I I kept, you know, it's, it's speaking, uh, no, 
blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> the volleyball part, right? Like when speaking of when you when you moved here and then you couldn't like you're like, I can't afford to play volleyball. And then down here, here you have like built a mission to like make running accessible, mm-hmm. right? I, I just I, it kind of struck a chord with me. Like, how do you, you know, it's not even just running any sport. Like, how do we make that accessible for everyone? But back to my original point, I digress. Um, like you've been through so much in in where you are today. If the Stephanie of today, right, who has started Soma Fox Run Club, run multiple marathons, has a has a running club that has two hundred plus members at this point, has a, this beautiful mission of what you guys want to do, can go back and give advice to the Stephanie who was gonna go into the rock and roll at Philly rock and roll half her first one what would she say to her you know I don't know if I would want it to be any other way I think I think my journey as a runner just had to take those twists and turns to get here Mm -hmm. and I think I mean I wish I had looked for a running group then Mm-hmm. maybe my journey would have been a little bit different at the beginning. But in a way, maybe in some ways, you can't really push someone to join a running group, right? They have to be ready um, and kind of take that leap of faith into meeting strangers and putting yourself out there and, and you know, seeing what it's like. And I call it expanding your comfort zone, mm-hmm. I think is what, what we need to do. Um, So you can try to make things accessible and welcoming and all of that, but it does take a little bit initiative on the other end to give it a try or at least scope it out. Right. And so I don't think I was ready then in 2011 to do that. I, I love the concept of um, what you just said about, I wouldn't change anything basically, right? You know, like I, I just had to go through that to be where I am, which is, yeah, I, I very strongly believe in that in life in general. Like where you are has all of these things you had to go through to kind of understand and be where you are. I like that. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. Um, so at the end of our show, we always ask our guests to impart a training tip to our listeners your favorite training tip favorite training tip or one that just stands out to you in this moment it's probably that you should remain curious or be curious be a curious runner I think is my training tip and it's there's a lot of layers to that um it's kind of thinking that you You might want to think if there's more you can do. There's always something new you could try. Um, And to really lean on your community for that, to, you know, talk to other runners, ask them about their stories, be curious about why they made decisions in their running journey. Um, Consider whether it might work for you. Um, And it might not. But until you're curious and you ask about it, you don't really even really know what the other options are. I love that you say that. That's curiosity is like one of our values, so definitely jives. So I'm not gonna end the show. I have another question. 
um, I, I guess I'll take that back to the Soma Fox Run Club and again our perception of watching you grow it. Um, and it was clear even before you explained the mission, like it was really clear how much like how much of the focus was community building, right? Just from the get go, you don't even have to like explain it. Like that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. It's just watching it happen, even from afar, not being not having ever visited. It's very clear, like that's what you're trying to do, and it's also clear that you're really, really good at it, right? It's, um, and of course, it takes a village and all of that. But I wonder, what do you have you ever has have you had like self exploratory thoughts about like what is it about you that lends yourself to be good at something like that? Um, are there other parts of life where you are you're similar in that way? Sure. So first, I will say it does it does take a village. It is not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a team um, of many people who are dedicated to making the club work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. I think I thrive on organizing and bringing people together. Um, I think I get something from it in addition to it actually happening. I think that I naturally have just enjoyed doing that. Um, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I love a good Google Doc (laughs) Um, or a good Google spreadsheet. So I do enjoy bringing people together. I like really, it brings me a lot of joy when people are enjoying themselves and can come together as a group um, in this way. Um, And... (laughs) I didn't mention this earlier, but I think this past summer in the New York Times, there was an article about collective effervescence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of emerged after the whole, everyone was languishing during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. the reason why we were languishing is because we were missing seeing other people. We were We were missing social interaction. We were missing being in a room full of people at a concert, that feeling, even if they were just strangers, because we had just all been home alone. Um, and when we read that article, I was like, collective effervescence, that's what, that's what we're striving for in Soma Fox Running Club. We, we want to bring people together and so that people can have that feeling of joy when they're with other people, um, enjoying something that makes them feel good enjoying something that, you know, brings some light to some hour of their day, even if the rest of the day they're just sitting in front of their computer because that's what many of us are doing these days. That's so beautiful. beautiful. You've just inspired me to the next level to make our, the thing that we have talked about many times is to bring Great Hill Track Club and Soma Fox together in some shape or form to do, and, you know, a New Jersey outing I think we should definitely do that. We should definitely get mugs come. for that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we uh, um the uh the Sunday run leaves right from where the train station is. You don't even need a car. <laughs> even better. There you go. You heard it. Um Yeah, and it just that thing that you're talking about the collective effervescence, I would uh 
Coach Stewart for Great Hill Track Club came up with the exhilaration of shared achievement. And I was like, this is a different way of saying very something similar in terms of at least in the running group and how bringing people together. And so thanks for sharing that. On that note, thank you so much. Thank you. For your time. Thanks for inviting me. It was an honor to be invited. Of course. Of course. All right. We'll see you in two weeks.